Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. In my 27 years as a Victorian policewoman, I investigated everything from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. Policing taught me a lot about human nature, which I explore in my podcasts with a variety of fascinating guests discussing the human side and impact of crime, not only on their lives, but mine as well. My podcasts are not suitable for children and some adults for that matter. If you find yourself affected by my subject matter, please contact Lifeline or any other support, service or person that you feel comfortable with. My guests provide their recollection of an event or incident, sharing their thoughts and their emotions, but it's theirs and not everyone will agree with them. I understand that and I hope you do too. Thank you. And I'm going... What's going on here? I, I, I'm, I'm like 10, and you adults can't see this shit? They couldn't see the forest for the trees. Today, my guest is very much out of his comfort zone and in very unfamiliar territory. He's never told his story, and he's very nervous in doing so. But he wants to encourage others to do what he's doing and free themselves to a degree of a darkness which has been with him since childhood. Today, Ben is showing bravery and courage beyond words. Ben listened to my interview with Shannon Malloy six, eight weeks ago now, and it struck a chord with him, and he contacted me. Hearing Shannon tell his story gave Ben the confidence to tell his story too, and there's a connection between Ben and I that I had no idea about until we spoke. And it's only dawned on Ben recently too. It's a very small world we live in. Uh, Ben grew up in an environment which was different to many. Well, probably most of us actually. Uh, Two houses side by side which were run as a religious cult between three men in an outer Melbourne suburb shared between about six to eight families. And when I say families, Ben described it as anything but Ben struggled every day in that environment, hating his life. It's just not right, is it? In fact, it's sad that a young child can hate his life like that. The parents never slept in the same room as their children, quote, because Jesus said they couldn't and shouldn't, unquote. So instead, the adults all slept together, and I mean that literally, yes, partner swapping was rife. But that was okay, apparently, quote, because Jesus said so, unquote. Ben found a way to escape this dictatorship style living. And I use the term living loosely because that's not living, it's existing. And he avoided going home at any cost. There were very few things in Ben's life that he loved, but he loved his pets and even they were taken from him. In fact, they were killed. So loving and caring for anything or anyone wasn't worth the pain. How can anyone who's lived a life like that end up such a humble, kind, compassionate and caring man as Ben? Those words, that description, fits very uncomfortably with Ben. (laughs) Ben's childhood was damaged 
as was many others living in those two houses. But he wasn't going to allow those three men, one in particular, of damaging any more of his life than they had. Ben still bears many scars, but he's managed to rise above the loathing and hatred he has for one of those men in particular and have a family of his own, but it certainly hasn't been smooth sailing. In fact, far from it. My interview with Ben is very raw and you can hear the pain and anger in his voice. I will never stop doing what I can to educate and help in identifying the signs someone may be being abused because Ben proves yet again the lifelong damage it causes, particularly in relation to self-esteem. The effects of childhood abuse cause so many difficulties and issues, which is why I'm so passionate about doing what I can. My wish is to have as many pedophiles as possible placed somewhere where they can't abuse and damage any other children like Ben ever again. So thanks very much for being with us today, Ben. Um, I gather from what you're saying it hasn't been easy being able to put aside an hour with your busy life and work, <laughs> but thanks. Uh, I know this podcast means a lot to you. Yes, thank you, and thanks for having me on, Norel. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, Ben, and I believe that if anything does go wrong, we've got uh, your son in another room who you said might be out of his room by Tuesday because he's um, playing on his – what's he playing on? The, in, in, what, do you, what do they do these days on the computer? Not Nintendo anymore, is it? I, I actually call it Dumbbox, but um, I pers- apparently they're professionally known as PlayStations, yeah. Yeah, okay. I couldn't agree more with you. I uh, do. Anyway, yeah, so thanks. Um, it's um, an absolute pleasure to have you on. So, Ben, I suppose in as much detail or less detail as you feel comfortable, because I understand, you know, obviously you're nervous, but can you tell us about your life as a child and just take your time because, um, and if you do get stuck, I'm here to help you. <laughs> so, yeah, can you start off and tell us maybe about your parents' relationship and how you actually got into this house, how it all happened? Uh, well, it, yeah, we had a normal normal family upbringing until I was probably, at a guess, maybe six or seven years. I'm probably a little bit blasé on at the minute. But they, they were there and um, uh, Dad wasn't so much into it. Mum was very much into the church side of things. And it was a normal childhood since then, and then they they ended up divorcing. Um, details of which I was too young to understand why, and we ended up moving into this um, house of horrors in Melbourne. Yeah. Mm. And you just said then that um, your mum was involved in the church. Was your dad? Uh, very minimal, very minimal, from what I can remember. Yep. Yep, some details I will be vague on because it was a long time ago, but yeah, minimal, not, yeah, nowhere near as much as um, mum was, but I mean, everyone's to their own choices, aren't they? Uh, very much so. And so when you say it was a long time ago, I'm um, taking a bit of a stab here, but we're talking around 40 years ago that you moved into this um, this house, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I would say it'd be roughly somewhere around that mark. Yep, that's mm. correct. That's a long time, Ben, uh, a long time for you to, um, I don't know, hold something in that uh, was was so um, distressing, I suppose. You called it just then a house of horrors. Why was it a house of horrors? Well, we ended up seeming to have a normal childhood when mum and dad were married and we lived in a outer suburb out of Melbourne there. It seemed to be just normal. Like, you know, you went to school, you come home, you rode your bike, you done all the things as normal and then... We moved to this house with, from as I can remember, maybe six to eight other families in there. All of a sudden, you know, you weren't sitting down having tea with your mum and dad anymore. Well, dad wasn't around then. Dad, he'd, he'd left, understandably. Um, so I didn't have tea with mum, my brothers or sisters and that. You just sat down at this house. I either had probably, oh, I had a guess, from what I can remember, 10 to 12 big square dining tables that sat eight to a table, you know, so you were never sitting in the same spot, never with the same person. Hmm. Yeah. 
That that's a lot of tables. So, are you saying around the dinner table at, at this house? Let's call it the House of Horrors because that's what you've called it. Are you saying that there was a two or three large tables where eight people would sit at each table? So that's eight, twenty around twenty four people in this room eating all together. Is that right? Yeah, not on three or four tables, probably eight to ten tables. As far as I can remember walking into the room, there was there was lots of, you know, just big square tables, you know, that probably held eight and eight or ten. So yeah, there was a lot of a lot of um tables there and yeah, you never sat down and had the same person to eat with ever, you know, and it was just eat and go and yeah, that's okay. what it was like. And and tell us about your first thoughts of being in this house like you called it a house of horrors, but was it always like that from the first minute you moved in or did it uh, slowly become a house of horrors? I'd, I'd say slowly because all of a sudden, you know, I was probably too young to understand mum and dad's divorce back then, so we moved into this house mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I had, you know, 10, 12 extra kids to play with, you know. We all had bikes and we all done the stuff that kids don't do today's world anymore. And so I thought I thought it would be great, and yeah, I couldn't have been any more wrong if I planned mm. if I tried. Mm. And tell us about that, Ben. What what was wrong with it? Oh well, they were all extremely church orientated. Um, you weren't allowed to take food for if you wanted an apple, you weren't allowed to do that. And if you did take it, and it was somebody else's apple, not that I knew thirty apples had it specific person but you'd get in trouble for that sort of stuff and you weren't allowed to you weren't allowed to go and help yourself so much it was a very strict in place thing and then the um assault started happening the abuse started happening and all the rest of it like this and it was just a very uncomfortable place to be in Mm. tell me about who ran the house like if you can take us back the house was run by who and uh, although the apples and like, obviously it was very regimented, but let let's go back just slowly. So, who uh, actually ran the house? Tell us about those people. As like I said, as I can remember, it was run by three elders of the church. I'm not going to use names, and but three elders mm-hmm. of a like a church group. Um, yeah, just uh, God bothers. I guess you put it down is the nicest way to say it. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, and tell us about those people. Who, not their names, but what were they like to be with, to live with? Well, I didn't really have too many drums with that, that, that side of things like that. I really didn't have too many drums with them. It was different. It was awkward. You know, I didn't sit down and have a normal meal like I did. Like I'd, I'd imagine a normal family would. It didn't happen. That wasn't the thing. You might sit down with old mate here and then you might be with that family over there or you might be with these blokes over here. Um, they, they were very different and then, I mean, as the story evolves, we'll probably go over it more of like, to, to, to pinpoint and guide more what, what who, who done what. Hmm. You've described in our previous discussions for today that, um, and it certainly sounds like it, although I've never been involved in a religious cult, but that's how you've described it. Can you tell us more about that? Um, yeah, well, I've watched a few of the crime documentaries as everyone does in today's world and the few of the things I have seen from what I've watched on cults, a lot of it was very similar to that. They called it the community. I call it the House of Horrors. I've also mentioned it as a cult because Mm. there was X amount of things that you were allowed to do, you weren't. I mean, I've been picked up when I was like eight years old and head-butted by a bloke who was six foot tall but all because I threw mashed potato in his eye as joking around at the dinner table one time. Oh, you won't do that, mate. Oh, I did. He just come out and picked me up and, and, and just head-butted me and dropped me to the ground. I mean, what, what, why do you have to deal with that? I don't understand it. Mm, I don't think many people would, Ben. Um, and you did say that there was a lot of really, uh, what, strange uh, rules that you had, but tell us about the sleeping arrangements. Yeah, so that was just like you know, it, it was a big house that we lived in. Like to fit all them people in, you, you know, you had quite a lot of bedrooms, and there was usually a few kids in one room, a few kids in another, um, a few kids in that one. You know, and then the parents would all have their own bedrooms and that. 
and still today, and I know for a fact that there was a lot of uh, partner swapping going on because they'd even clean and mid it themselves. Okay, right. Okay, do you know, um, you, you've said that you hated living there. Uh, as I said in the intro, it's it's so um, foreign to me and I suppose so many others that somebody would hate, a little child would hate living where they were living and who they were living with. Um, tell us what you hated about living there. Uh, well, there was no family life. There was nothing like that at all. You know, you just went to school and done your thing. Like I said, I done. I talked to you earlier when we spoke on the phone, and I've done. I just went out. I'd I'd leave at five o'clock in the morning. I'd go and do a paper round in the morning. Get back about seven, and then just take off again. I'd go and do my other paper round in the afternoon just to not be there. It, it was it, it was just absolutely horrible. Like you, there was no such thing as I could watch what I liked on TV, or nor could the next bloke or the or the next mm. child, they couldn't watch anything. Whoever was in charge of that room at the time just had that. Mm. Okay, and uh, we've we've said that we're not going to go into um, any detail, but um, you just said before um, that there was a lot of abuse going on. Um, can you tell us uh, what sort of abuse and did it happen to you or did it happen to other kids as well or were you just singled out? Can you just tell us as much as you feel comfortable with? You don't have to say much at all, but just to give us an idea. Yeah, and, and not everyone who's in that house is, is responsible for this, that, so I'll make that okay. clear, but there's um, yeah. 99% of it was sexual abuse to um, myself included and a lot of others who, who had a hell of a lot worse a hell of a lot worse done to him. Like I said, I'm not doing this for anyone to feel sorry for me. I'm doing this to guide someone else's family to say, stop and think before you move into one of these community cult mm. things because it is not as all as it makes out the same. Mm-hmm. Did you and the other kids talk about this abuse or was it something that you were told you weren't allowed to talk about? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, no, we, we did. We did because um, every most of the kids, to my knowledge, that was there actually hated being there as well. And the only way we'd get our jaws out, we'd go and pinch jelly crystals out of the um, pantry and go and climb underneath the house and that's where we'd eat them and we'd have our chats down there about how much we hated this person compared yeah. to that person and that was our only treat. That was our only getaway of um, in any form of relief. Oh, and... So it sounds like you got on pretty well with the other kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're all good, and I mean, like I said, ninety percent of them went for a lot worse house than how than I ever did. So, um, yeah. But but that but that's um, I was just going to say that's wrong, Ben, to to think like that because any type of abuse it doesn't mean um, if it's worse than somebody else's or less than somebody else's, somebody has still abused you or taken advantage of you, and um, I, I think it's all very very relative. There's um, uh, I, I understand that that's how you feel, but for the listeners, it doesn't matter how uh, bad it is, how not as bad as somebody else, it is still bad, isn't it? Because look how it has affected your life, Ben, and you've taken, what have you taken, 40 years um, to to speak to somebody about it. That's a long time. You know, that's a lot of damage, isn't it? Oh, 100%, yeah. Like, I mean, I think it has massively affected my life, uh, my, fam- mm. my family's life, uh, yeah, all them things. Even come down to Christmas and Easter's, none of them were normal. None of them was right. You know, it's not not talking Joe Whit weird, but none of it was right. You know, it just didn't feel right. You you went in that home thing where you just had your home family and in the Christmas tree and all the rest, your presents just for you. It was not like that. You had to share it with eight other other families. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was just weird. Ben, did your mum? She was in the house with you, although she was she. Was your mum sort of living with you or not really? She was in because I, I, from what you've explained, there was two houses next to each other. Was it sort of like the kids are in one house and the adults are in the other? No, no, no. It was just like two blocks there and they, they, they had um, the main house. Their mum was in there with me and um, the, okay. the rest of my family and there was another house there where 
the other families, the, another family, they would just live there. But, you know, you'd be all on. Yeah, there's no fencing in between. You know, you could walk. There's no different like walking from okay. your landroom to your kitchen. Okay, right. And uh, did do you know if your mum was happy there? I mean, I, I imagine you're only seven, right, at the time when you went in. I get that. But as time went on, did you ever tell your mum? Was your mum in a position where she was... I don't know, being threatened? No, I don't think mum was being threatened. I think mum was happy there on the promises of all this God shit, you know, where they put their hands up in the air and they're falling over chairs and God's going to do this and all this fucking frog shit, you know what I mean? But as for, uh, I think mum was happy there until um, it come out clear at what actually had been happening there at the house and then they got us out of it. And when you say it had been happening, do you mean that your mum found out that uh, that you and some other kids were being abused? Uh, yep, yep. I, was still, oh. I can still remember the day that I sat in there and this is the bit I struggle with the most. It's not the rest of it. It's not the act yeah, or anything. Yeah. The bit I struggle with the most is when I yelled at this slippery gypsy to get out of the bedroom and I called him a few cursed names and, you know, your podcast is probably too good for that and um, I got in trouble for swearing at the, at the bloke. Okay. Mm. And that there is the biggest thing I struggle with still today. Not to come in, are you okay? Can I give you a cut or nothing that? There's the not caring and don't you dare speak to them like that. Are you serious? Are you seriously serious? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I've just done at 10? It took so much guts to do. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing it to looking for a medal or anything like that. It was the guts to do that as a 10-year-old to tell this dirty, slippery gypsy to get out of your room. It, it, it's, it's probably it's affected my life it's still to today. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, Ben, you don't um, go through those experiences and not be affected. Um, when you say it's affected you to this day, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how it's affected you, like maybe in your teens or your early 20s? Or just give us a bit of an idea. Uh, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think... Yeah, and this is it. This whole awesome. hindsight, I can't get back and change it. I don't know if I could have done better for school because there was there was no help. There wasn't even one ounce of caring. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I could have done better in school or I could have been better at this. You know, like I said, I'm not sitting here to whinge about myself, but it's the whole thing of I don't know what ever happened because you never ever, and it's taken this long in life to realise that people do need help after these sorts of things and to have nothing. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think I've made best decisions in my life, but at the same time, I haven't gone down the road and relied on drugs and alcohol to help me live through. Do you know what I mean? I've just tried to make better decisions for my family. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But you you did say that during your I don't know your younger years, you got into a fair bit of strife, which. Uh, I think we can all put down to, or most of it, we could put down to you just going off the rails for trying to deal with what had happened. Can you tell us a bit about that? Oh, yeah. Well, some things. Are, Whatever you feel comfortable. With I, I just, I just don't think I made a lot of right decisions. Do you know what I mean? Like some of it is going to be too obvious. I just th- don't think I made very good decisions. I end up losing a lot of relationships that I probably. Could have saved, you know, and I've spoken to my wife about this. A lot of decisions, well, I could have maybe maybe made it with someone else, but these decisions of me and just my anger, my anger is off the Richter scale, and I don't know, and it's just the way I am. But now I just I just put up with that's the way I am. Mm. But but that I'm not a psychologist, obviously, but that's what uh, really uh, upsets me or. Um, really makes me angry is the lifelong effects that sexual abuse or physical abuse has on somebody. And no wonder you struggled with relationships, Ben, because um, anything or anybody that you loved as a kid, it it was taken from you. Even tell us about your pets. Yeah, well, ever, yeah, it's funny you bring that up now, eh? And like I said, I didn't even realise till me and you were talking about it that you actually put that spark in my head of, oh, yeah, I didn't even realise that after so many years. Is um, ever since I, um, oh, what do you call it? Uh, abuse that dirty bastard to get out of our bedroom. Um, 
yeah, after that, yeah, pretty much I'd I'd have some pets and they'd all be dead. And I was always told it was sort of done by a fox or whatever. And I don't know how that happens in the middle of Melbourne, but anyway. And yeah, yeah it took yeah. me so long to realise for the penny to drop that it was actually the person that I that I stuck up for me and myself and the other siblings. Mm. It was mm. actually him. Yeah, it took me. Yeah, what did you say? Forty-five years to realise that. Yeah, I, I, um, tell us about listening to Shannon because um, I said in the introduction about the fact that you had um, listened, you've had this in your head for so long and you listened to an interview I did with Shannon Malloy. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Which I've got to say um, was a, oh, that, interview just sticks in my head. It was such a heartfelt, um, sad, but also there was a lot of good stuff with uh, with Shannon, but he had been abused as a, a young boy as well. But you listened to him and that gave you a bit of confidence, didn't it? Can you explain to us the feelings when you're listening to Shannon and what happened afterwards? It was just like he was telling my own story, you know, not on every detail, but it yeah. was just like him speaking yeah. through me, and <laughs> and I just went, yeah, you've got to be fucking kidding me, seriously, you know, and <laughs> it was so good and so in, in, inspiring, and I just went, and then that's when I sent you that message, like because then I put the message together in my head, and I'm not real smart, but I still managed to do that, and um, <laughs> and I just said. You didn't. You didn't know anything about this case, and then when you wrote back and went, "Oh my God, yes, that church, the weird church one," I went, "Yeah, exactly." It was. It was a relief, and it's been an actual blessing for me. Yeah, we we might just between us, we might uh, just let the listeners in on that. So, uh, what happened when uh, Ben? And you might help me here, Ben. But when Ben contacted me. Just out of the blue, I get this message from a young man called Ben and it was an email and it said something like this, didn't it, Ben? It said, uh, do you remember 
this name and you gave me the name and a matter that happened in this uh, suburb and because you said I was one of those kids and I can remember being blown away because I've done, um, oh, I don't want to sound like I'm putting myself on a pedestal, but I've done hundreds of uh, sexual abuse cases and physical abuse. But for some reason, this one, st- I mean, they all stick in your mind for, for all sorts of reasons, but this one, it was just, I just remember nobody believed the kids sort of, Um You'd, you'd told people and they didn't believe you and you came to the police and and I can remember thinking to myself, there is no way that kids this little could make this stuff up. No, we didn't, have, we just we didn't even have PlayStations back then. You couldn't make this shit up. This was dead serious. Yeah. Yeah, and, t- and so you ended up, didn't you, going to the police and that police person was me. Uh, well, I think it was the Child Exploitation Squad or something at the time. It, was, but- it wasn't me personally. I think it had to do with my dad um, and someone else involved in there who just went, this is seriously wrong when they found out they'd they done it. I like, you know, it, it wasn't me myself, no. Yeah, yeah, okay. But your dad is the one that um, took you to the police to say, this is what's happened to my son and can you help him? And uh, it went to court. Um, do you remember what happened at court, Ben? I really. Or how you felt at court? Uh, it was just horrible. I'm just glad we you know, thank Christ that the systems have come a long way. We just had, didn't have to be in the same room. And, mm. you know, this is the weird thing. The dirty, the dirty, slippery gypsy grub admitted to X amount and then X amount not. And it always, it seems to be now that I've had more time to think about this because I had a, sh- um, a shit house organic farm out of Whittlesey as well, you see, and it seemed mm-hmm. to be the ones that was affected out of Whittlesey mm-hmm. is the ones he denied. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah. And so did he, um, so with your, you gave evidence um, at court as did some other people. Uh, do you know if he... Uh, he pled guilty or not guilty to your matters. Uh, These are the answers I'd love to know, and I don't. I know I don't actually know. Do, do you know yeah. what I mean? It, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and we've tried, haven't we? But we can't seem to find any answers. But we're trying, aren't we, at the moment? Yeah, we're, we're trying to find the answers. You know, because you're not doing it for a medal. You just want to know. Where, all right, did you? You know, are you actually going to man up and done it? But like I said, I do remember him admitting to X amount. X amount, like, because I, to my knowledge, and I was actually corrected the other day when I spoke to you. I sort of thought it was over twenty, but it's well over ten. Is 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 the is the kids that was involved, and some are absolutely, as you would know personally, Narelle, as you've done the interviews, are absolutely mm-hmm. horrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but also uh, it affected you in a huge way too, because it affected, as you said, your relationships. But thank goodness. Um, uh, now you are you're settled and you've got a family of your own, which is just lovely. But when did you realise that the way that you were living wasn't the norm? Like, I wonder, did you go to school and other kids all lived differently? Like, what was it that made you think there's something not quite right here? Apart from getting abused, and I'm sorry, but I mean just the the way the house was run or all this sort of stuff. You, you was almost young enough, and some of the others that were in the house were almost young enough to think that was normal. Do you know what I mean? And I think I was just at that borderline, not just me, a couple of others were at that borderline age of going, this, I don't think all the ducks are lining up here. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, Sorry, Ben, the way you describe things is just so lovely. Oh, you make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah. And I think you just figure your, 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 own, your own path out after that, you know, and like I said, I, I was like, yeah, maybe, and I'm struggling with ages, don't get me wrong. So I could be nine, yeah. I could be ten, or, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I also remember going into that house there one time and then there was a a lady living there and she tried to coerce me when I was ten. To She was getting undressed in front of me. She tried to coerce me then at, at ten and I'm going, what's going on here? I didn't know what what what, what was going on. So I, I just left. I was. I just felt awkward. 
Yes, yeah, okay. And where was that lady next door, did you say, or in this particular house that you were living? In, in this house that they called the community, yeah. She was wrapped up in there, just had the, her own room, yeah. Like, uh, so it was- oh, right. So, righto. So um, the abuse that you suffered was not only from uh, one of the men, but also there was attempts to abuse you, let's say, or at least shock you or whatever, um, entice you by uh, women in that that house as well. Is that right? Well, well yeah, specifically one. Yeah, I wouldn't say all women, but yeah, there was de- oh, okay, definitely yeah. one. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Gee, okay. Um, you've remained friends with many of the young kids that you grew up in the house with. Um, do the other kids feel similar to you? Like, you know, you've talked about being angry. Um, like, do, do you talk about it with them now? Now that it's all come out when you listened to Shannon uh, Malloy, has that is that what brought you out to talk to the other kids or have you talked to them about it for a while? No, no, um, it's one of them things, well, well since Many have been talking for what the last couple of months, I suppose, in a row, well, at least a month. Um, yeah, we're yeah. we're going to do it further down the track where it hasn't been done as yet. Okay. Yeah, a lot of us have just put it in. The, uh, what do you? Too hard, basket. Oh, not too hard. Too not hard. too hard. But yeah. you, you got you got busy life. You know, everyone's got families of their own. They they got to try and keep their kids safe because you know that, that yeah, that's it. But we've all we've all marked out a time where we're going to sit down, and have a chat, and have a drink, and then. Yeah, and then mm. chew the fat over that. Mm. But you you have um, obviously most of you, if not all of you, have been very damaged by what you have experienced or what you experienced in this house. Would that be right? Oh, I, yes, I believe so, yep, 100%. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your relationship like with your mum now and do you talk about it at all with her? Uh not not so much. I've had a we've we've had a couple of cracks at each other when you know I things have got on top of me. I've had a couple of cracks, and I believe my mum would tell exactly the same. But I don't despise it for the choices. Everyone makes choices when you're a young adult or an adult, and not always yeah. they're they're not always right. You, I'm not going to sit there and hate my mum for the rest of my life about it, or the rest the rest of them. They're the choices that that were made there at the time. And Christ knows I've made plenty of dumb ones, so I can't be mm-hmm. I can't. No point filling up my life full of hate. Hmm. That's the only way I see it. If I keep filling, filling up my life of hate, I'm going to spread it onto my kids and all the rest of it. So I'm not. I'm just refusing to do that. Hmm. Yeah, it's a credit to you, Ben, because you. It would be very easy to fill your life with hate. You've obviously. Um, you're obviously very strong, you, and I, you know I'm guessing that you don't see yourself like that, but I reckon you are. <laughs> no, no, I definitely do not. Like I said, you're- no, no, I could guess that. Yeah, I, I'm just saying that's what um, abuse does. Uh, no matter what sort of abuse, treating children abysmally uh, when they're kids, it takes away so much from them. And yes, it's made you angry and a whole lot of other things, but also it takes away a lot of um, self-worth. It and, and like Shannon said, you know how Shannon talked about feeling just so, I think the only word I can think of off, off the top of my head is inadequate in so many instances. And um it's just unfair. I, I can see, it? and I, I and I said what or I could see what Shannon said, but my what he said in accurate is is I mine is excuse me language. I just give less of a fuck. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I really do. Oh, absolutely, Ben. And I think most all people listening could understand that. Yeah, go on. Yeah, no. So that's that's all I was just getting at. I just actually give less of a fuck and have no tolerance for dickheads. <laughs> that, that's the way I am. And I don't know. I don't know what would happen. How my life would have been, but these are the cards of doubt. So you get on the horse and you keep riding. Yeah. Um, so tell us about. You've mentioned a couple of times now about your family. So what's life? Uh, we don't need to go into great detail, but what's life like for you now? Like you've um, you've got children. You've got a wife. Um, you know, you're you're very fortunate, aren't you, that you have found, um, oh, without getting too soppy, but you've found the love and support that 
you never had as a kid in that house that was taken from you, but you've obviously found it for yourself. It, oh, I am. I'm, I'm very blessed to have the children that I have and the wife I have and the family I have around me. I, I'm, I'm super blessed to have them. You know, and I'm very proud of myself that I didn't go down a road of hardcore drugs mm. and all the rest of it and completely ruin my life. Mm. And the mm. best thing we ever done was move away to, to get it, get us out of that um, environment that we was in. Yeah. You've obviously rekindled or uh, with your, your dad. Um, your um, dad has been um, a great support to you, it sounds like. Uh, you've been able to mend or... I don't know, your mum and dad probably have mended things as well, but you've obviously been able to tell your dad, well, you did when you were, what was it, 10 or so, and he took you to the police. What's your relationship like with your dad now? Yeah, we're not not as close as we used to be, but this had nothing to do with this either. Mum, we're still still talking on the phone and that, but not as close as we used to be. But that had nothing to do with this, what's going on here right now. And mum, yeah, uh, yeah, there's other stuff. Yeah, and mum, yeah. mum, I still see her, yeah, every well, couple of weeks, and yeah, all the rest of it. But it's a, it's not so much that; it's the shit that you will never forget. Is the way I see it. It's the shit you will never ever forget. And you go, yeah, they reckon there's this word for forgiveness. Yeah, you can have it, but this whole thing in the. You can't forgive and forget. Like, I remember seeing these church people in the church, their arms up there falling over chairs, God blessing them and that. Oh, and God told me I can sleep with such and such tonight. And I'm like 10 and I'm going, are you, are you fucking for real or what? I'm 10. I'm lucky to even tie my shoes up and I know this is bullshit. Mm. You know, it's, it was just a really weird thing to grow up in, you know, and, you know, and then, like I said, they had that other property out at Whittlesea there and the weird shit went on out there too. They're just, just scrubs of people. Mm. Yeah, they, they sound like, I think you and I have discussed before about they seem to be able to identify uh, vulnerabilities and, and weaknesses in people and they go for these people because... Correct me if I'm wrong, but you and your family went to this church and through that church is how you all ended up living in this what we call religious cult cult or what it, this house of horrors, as you call it. That's how it all started, isn't it, through the church? Pretty much. I was too young to remember how it all started. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. If I, if I said I knew remembered, it would be bullshit. So I don't really remember. All I know is mum and dad get divorced. Next thing we're living in this this shit show of a house where people just done mm. what they want and just slept with who they liked and it was no drama. But it's okay because mm. the Lord Jesus said it's fine. Mm. I, I hate to ask because I think I know the answer. What is your view now about the Lord Jesus or religion? Uh, uh, I, myself, I have absolutely no time for it all. Um, I won't stand in the way of my offspring if they ever, ever want to go and um, have a look into it. I'm not going to stand in their way, but as for, you know, but I will protect them more so than ever. I will, won't try and talk them out of it, but I'll let them make their own decisions. And some of them have, and some of them come back and just went, this is frog shit. Mm-hmm. Ben, with with um, the anger, and again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just asking, but with all this anger and um, oh, I cannot imagine the just the uh, the effect it's had on um, your relationships and just you. Um, have you ever thought about, or have you ever spoken to anybody professionally about it, or what what are your thoughts on that? Uh- I have tried, have tried, and uh, yeah, no, it hasn't really worked out. Like, you know, maybe I haven't found the right person, but like I said, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this so someone else doesn't ever do this to their family. Is that, That's all I'm getting at. I'm not saying a bad word about my mum, my dad, anyone else is involved. I don't want anyone else to go, oh, maybe we should move in here. No, no, have a serious think about it. Listen to my podcast. Listen to Shannon's podcast and make your mind up and go, do you really want to put your kids through this? This is all I'm getting out of this podcast, Narelle. 
And you've said that from the start, Ben, and I take my hat off to you because you aren't doing it for you and you've made that very clear. You don't want anyone else to go through what you have gone through and that's why you're talking to us today because I was actually going to say to you, what would you say to anybody that's thinking about, I don't know, if something doesn't feel right, like you didn't feel right from almost the minute you started living at that house, did you? No, it, it, no, it was really weird because they also had this other, um, they had this, they imported tea from Sri Lanka, for Christ knows why. They had this other thing. Mm. But if you use that phone, because it's not for private use, but if you accidentally use that phone because maybe I want to ring my dad when he wasn't living with me, oh, my God, if I got caught doing that, you want to run for the hills. Then you'd go out and get your bike. But I, mm. I made a deliberate run it over because I already pissed him off for yelling to get out of the bedrooms. I mean, bike was already run over, which I relied on for paper rounds. And I'm going, mm. what's going on here? I, I, I'm like 10, and you adults can't see this shit? They couldn't see the forest for the trees. No, you can't when you're um, – that's right, Ben, when you've been – uh, brainwashed into something you're right that's that's why people like these this man that um you had that sort of ran the house um they're very unfortunately they're very very good at targeting vulnerable people and um manipulating people and it sounds like this man was a i hate to say it but a master manipulator a hundred percent they were a hundred percent manipulators i can still remember sitting in there dog shit church that they had and I still remember as clear as today how the laws had prayed him and said that he the pastor was mm. allowed to um now tonight I am allowed to have her. Like this is the shit you see on TV. You know I'm going what what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's um yeah. We don't want anyone else to go through what you've gone through. Um you know, you're fairly typical, I think, when it comes to the years, and I think we talked about this, Shannon and I talked about this as well, that you're fairly typical when it comes to the years that it takes to build up that courage to talk about childhood abuse. Uh, in fact, I think on average it takes a woman around 23 years to disclose uh, abuse and men even longer, about 28 years. So can you tell us, um, just in closing, um, what it's been like to live with all this stuff in your head and your heart for so long? I don't think I can give you the answer to that, Nara, because I don't know what it's like living without it. <laughs> oh, gee, Ben, that answer would nearly about make me cry. Well, I don't think – well, I, I don't know, do I? I do not know what it's like no. living without it, so I don't know the answer to that, Nara. I'd, I'd love to tell you, but I'm mm. not going to bullshit to mm. you because I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, um, Ben, um, thank you for today. Uh, I know today hasn't been easy, but hopefully, and I don't think hopefully I know, that by sharing with us what you've gone through, it might start to heal some of the hurt uh, that you've gone through and give somebody else some motivation to do something about it, just like Shannon's story um, did for you. Um is there anything else that uh, you'd like to tell us before um, I uh, I stop putting you through the uh, the ringer asking you all these questions? <laughs> you haven't put me the ringer in there. It's all good. Um, yeah, uh, that's no. Uh, and thank you for what you do and your podcast because it makes some of us who actually listen to it um, makes a big difference to us. So thank you, and I just hope no one else or no other child ever has to go through this. Is all I can ask. We can help one family and go. Yeah, I don't think that sounds right. That's all I ask. Mm. That's all I ask. Yep. Mm. I think what you've made very clear today is that if you think in your head or your heart that something isn't right, trust your instincts, trust, trust yourself because it probably isn't. And, and, and listen and listen. And I, I've only just found out this really recently, like as in the last four days, but listen to your wife or your spouse or your husband or whatever the fuck knows what's even going on today. But um, <laughs> listen to the other side of it. You know, if one doesn't think it's right, 
don't force the issue to happen. Like, but both sit down and have a chat and find a happy medium. Don't go one way and that's it, you know, because that's kind of how we ended up. We were in the house of horrors. So, mm-hmm. mm. and Ben, just in, in closing, um, you did uh, just before we started this today. You said that you had either been involved with or listened to another podcast, which you found very helpful about. Can you tell us about Alpha? Is it Alpha Male? Can you? Uh, the Alpha Blokes podcast. Um, they are just. Tell us about that. They are just mm. awesome for men's head noise, men's mental health, all the rest of it. I've got so much out of their podcast and yours. Um, mm. Anyone give it a listen. They're good for a laugh. They're good for everything. But with their message they get across at the end is absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant for a lot of blokes. And, um, yeah, I, I support them as much as I support you, Narelle. Uh, that's that's great, Ben. I think we'll end on that. But um, thanks for opening up and sharing with us a really, really difficult part of your life. But um, I know this will make a difference. And all we want is to make it a difference to, to one person, don't we? If it like a one person saves to, one, because uh, we know yeah, we know what's yeah. going on in today's world, don't we? You know, if we can just save one, yeah, we'd love to save all of them, but we can't, can we? We're not wizards. If we could just save one family from not doing something stupid, yeah, yeah. We, we've done what we had to do. Yeah, we have been. Oh. And look, thank you. Now, was that as bad as we thought it might be? No. <laughs> Uh, no, no, it was actually it was actually really good. Actually, yeah, I'm actually thinking I don't know if it turned out as well as I thought or not. Oh no, it's it's great, Ben. Uh, look, I'm going to um, I'm going to love and leave you, but thank you again for everything for opening up and sharing. Obviously, a very very uh, awful awful time in your life. But thanks, Ben, and good luck with everything. Thank you very much, Narelle. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay. Thank you. As you've probably noticed, we've moved to a new platform called ACAST. I think that's the right expression, I've got no idea. And my previous reviews haven't transferred over. I need reviews. (laughs) Could you do me a favour and put up a review? And thank you so much for your support and patronage. With your help, I can give you that little bit extra. Thanks. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.